How is it going, boys? Welcome back to another episode of the Throne League podcast. Um, this past week, we just wrapped up the semifinals of the playoffs. We now have our championship match set. Much to my dismay, I'm not involved in that matchup. But today, I am joined by both of the guys who are. First, I'm going to go ahead and toss it over to you, Jacob, my faithful co-host. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, I had some difficulties with my travel uh, from Oklahoma during Christmas, but, you know, I got the fantasy dub. It was a nail-biter. Came down to the end of it. Kind of brutal, Point one points. We'll get into it a little more, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited for the playoff uh, against Scott here, and uh, I'm going to bring back the throne. But, Scott, we got you in you in here. How are you doing? How, were, how are you feeling after your matchup? Oh, I'm feeling mighty fine after my matchup. Bernie, thanks uh, for having me on. You two great hosts of this amazing podcast, but uh, I don't I don't see many uh, issues in my way for this championship to make me a two-time champ, to tie you as the only two-timers, and plus I'll even be one up on you because I'll have two gauntlet wins as well, so technically I'll be the greatest fantasy player in the history of the Throne League if I win the championship this league uh, this year. But yeah, that's just how I'm feeling. Well, Scott, uh, we will see. That's certainly a large claim there, um, a little bit gratuitous. But uh, before we can talk about the matchup that is upcoming, I think first we need to take some time to recap the matches that happened this past week. It certainly is going to be uh, a week to remember. I think this this won't be one that'll be forgotten very soon. Both of the matchups um, in the semifinal to decide who would go into the championship uh, came down to the wire. And um, I think first, we have to start with the matchup that really is the talk of the week itself. Jacob, that was your matchup with Steno. Um, it was a game that saw you go into Monday Night Football trailing by about eight points. All you had left was Michael Pittman, um, who had to deal with Nick Foles making his first start for the Colts. And it was a really, really rough game. But Michael Pittman ended up getting just enough. It came down to the final Colts offensive play of the game. And uh, you pulled out a victory by one-tenth of a point. Now, Jacob, this is not the only time in playoff history in the Throne League that you have notched a playoff victory by in, by a very, very small margin. Um, so is there some kind of secret to your success, or how are you feeling coming out of this matchup specifically? Yeah, you know, I've heard some cheating allegations going out there, but, you know, clean hands over here. I haven't adjusted any scoring, but, no, I, I was pretty much down and out i thought i was done because nick Foles played terrible um you know and i th i i thought i had it locked up after the hawkinson and uh, jefferson performances but it, my team struggled down the stretch and they barely clawed through so it was tight feel bad having to do with the stino um but you know i i got it done i made it to the championship that all that that's all that matters um, and I'm ready to take it back. Uh, um, yeah, no, it, it just felt good to squeeze by. Um, and, you know, anything could happen week 17. Well, yeah, Jacob, you mentioned that you felt good after the performances from your two Minnesota Vikings players, but um, didn't get the reinforcements down the stretch like you might have expected. So let's kind of take a look at your team at what at what went right this week and what maybe you'd like to see get better um, in a championship week where the margins might even be tighter than they were this week. Um, so as you mentioned, Jefferson grabbed 31 points and Hawkinson grabbed 36 points, which was nearly a death blow 
Testino, who was playing Kirk Cousins, who managed 24 points. Um, we obviously highlighted who would get the better into that matchup. Um, I did the math, I think, and it was 80% of Kirk Cousins' passing yards went to your two players. So that worked out in an extremely favorable fashion. But then things got a little bit dicey for you after that. Um, you had mentioned to me earlier on in the podcast, or before we began recording this podcast today, that you had a thought that Derek Carr and Darren Waller may be able to do some special stuff against Pittsburgh. That wasn't the case. Derek Carr posted only six points, and Darren Waller uh, put up 10. So leaving a lot to be desired there. Michael Pittman got you enough to win you the game, but finished with only 7.9 points. Not a lot to write home about. Aaron Jones with perhaps one of his worst games of the season, 5.4 points against Miami. Um, you know, So you had two really, really star-studded performances, and everybody else kind of just held the line. Um, as I scan through, you only had one other double digit score and that was Isaiah Pacheco who got 10.0 on the dot. Um, but a win is a win. Uh, Scott, what do you make of Jacob's very narrow win and the two large performances from his Minnesota Vikings players? Uh, Bernie got, got about as lucky as you could possibly get in a playoff matchup. I would have to say, I know fantasy in general is luck, but I mean, it's a garbage play where a team's down 20 to three with two and a half minutes left. It's a fourth and 10 play, and they throw a seven yard pass, not even trying to get first down. Um, it's probably the most pathetic way to win, but hey, a win's a win. So I got to give credit to Bernie. He scored more than Steno, so it still counts. But the thing is, if I'm uh, Bernie over here, I'm a little worried. Like, can he expect to get 70 points out of two players again? Probably not. In a tough divisional matchup where Green Bay's fighting for their life. Uh, that's who the Vikings face this week. So um, it, I'd be a little scared if I was Green because he's had a lot of duds um, out of every other position, um, and he really needs his two stars to shine extra bright this week if he wants to be competitive. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I, I don't know how Bernie exactly feels, but you could definitely feel a little. Uh, shakiness in his voice when he was talking about his team <laughs> well we will for sure cover um jacob's team and his upcoming matchups this week in, in very grand sure, sure, sure. in very granular <laughs> detail but some good points there but you could also make the argument he got what he needed this week and some of those guys who didn't perform you know maybe they bounce back next week a guy like Darren jones is is a fantasy stud and you can't expect him to be below double digits for very long but if we flip this and look at the other side you know the guy who's not here to talk about it and take a look at stino's team and and maybe take a look at what went right for him and what went wrong for him um, and where maybe there was a difference. Clearly, when you fall short by a tenth of a point, there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of things that could have shaken out differently. But just um, in broad strokes, as I look through his team, one guy stands out as dropping the ball for him, and that's Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has had a renaissance year. The Raiders declined his fifth-year option. I hit on it earlier. It's still a goofy storyline where they were trying to run it like Josh Jacobs was the Aaron judge of football and he bet on himself, which he didn't. The Raiders declined his option because they didn't think he was good enough to bring him back for a fifth year. But he came out and he's had a tremendous year. Um, but this week, you know, it was in a similar story for you, Jacob. You guys needed the Raiders to perform and nobody on the Raiders team did, but it seems like it hurt Steno um, most out of this matchup. Just six points from a guy who's ranked as RB number three on the year. It's his lowest point total of the season. 
any other point total this season, if Jacobs had posted it today, he would have won this game. His previous low was 7.4 points. That's a really tough pill to swallow when you had a guy who's delivered so often and isn't able to come up in a clutch moment. Um, Just wasn't a very efficient day on the ground. The Pittsburgh defense has ranked pretty good against running backs all year long and not a lot of pass catching. Um, This was the first time that uh, Jacobs only had one reception since week two. Um, so just a bit of an off week there, but unfortunately it cost Steno quite a bit in this matchup. Other guys with notable underperformances, Juju Smith-Schuster, just 5.7 and Mark Andrews, 7.5. And what's been, um, you know, still a good statistical year at the tight end position for Mark Andrews, but just not, you know, what you'd expect when you draft him. It's just been a really weak year for tight ends, but four straight weeks of single digit points for Andrews, um, in the absence of Lamar Jackson. Jacob, what what stood out to you in terms of Steno's team and coming up short this week? Yeah, you know, you know, he gave it his all. Um, you know, Devonta Smith, you know, coming out. Uh, we talked about the Kirk Cousins stack with the uh, Jefferson and Hawkinson. Uh, maybe a better play on my part would have been to stack with Devonta Smith, but no, he he showed up. Uh, you know, the Eagles took an unfortunate loss to Dallas that week or that game, so. You know, for him to kind of perform like that, the two touchdowns, uh, you know, really gave Stino's team a boost there. But, yeah, uh, for him to even be in, you know, the Final Four with drafting Mark Andrews so high um, and him just having a dud season, you know, props to him. Uh, you know, he he was able to find some good uh, draft draft picks uh, late to bring in some some good studs uh, down the stretch. You know, Juju had some good games. Josh Jacobs, of course, one of the best running backs. Um, you know, Kirk was a great quarterback all season long. So, you know, he, he had a really good team. They just, uh, you know, the guys who were carrying him through, like Josh Jacobs, you know, just couldn't perform when he needed it the most. So it's unfortunate for Steno, but he had a great season. He can, he can make his money back if he, uh, in his next matchup. But, yeah, that's kind of what I saw from his team. Yeah, all good points there. It is tough ultimately, but you highlighted Devontae Smith had a great game, which helped boost him over um, a couple of those single-digit performances. Again, it is just interesting to note because you call Mark Andrews a dud, which I think you're going to feel like you can say anybody's a dud when in the playoffs they aren't able to deliver it to the way you'd expect um, when you need him the most. But still ranks out as the tight end number three. Um, mostly it's a front-loaded season for Andrews. He hasn't had a 20-point performance since week six. You know, he had four in the first six weeks of the season and hasn't had any since. Um, and, and without Lamar Jackson, there's just not a lot of oomph to that Baltimore offense um, and hasn't been able to get a ton done. Scott, do you find any solace in there for Stino, or what do you make of his team's performance this week? I think it was a, a good effort from him. I think he can't really be disappointed in his team and should uh, take this into his next matchup, trying to win that money back and be proud of the team put together for next year. Because, I mean, like uh, Bernie said, drafting Andrews high in second half of the season in the playoffs and not doing well, but still making it to uh, 0.1 points away from making the championship is uh, really cool. And you got a steal with Josh Jacobs. Um, That's what teams usually come down to, like, if in those middle rounds you can get a steal or two um, and uh, hit on them, right? Because you might have five or six middle round draft picks and only if two or three of them hit, um, that could be the season changer where um, you still need to hit somewhat on your first first round, second round picks, but 
um, that that's where you can really make or break your season. And he did that with Josh Jacobs this year, and hopefully he can do that again next year. But I mean, I, I, I like the, the the sticking with Kirk Cousins all year, um, even though a lot of people might not want him as their quarterback. But it went well with him being one of the passing the ball to Jefferson and Hawkinson. But what really shocked me from Bernie's comment was he said maybe he should have went with uh, the stack with uh, Smith. Maybe. You start Derek Carr over Gardner Minshew in the Eagles offense that is absolutely loaded. So I, I prefer you to say I should have started Gardner Minshew, not maybe. There's no maybe involved with that question if uh, I'm talking. Well, it certainly would have been the case that if Jacob had gone with Minshew, we wouldn't probably be talking about this matchup. It wouldn't have been nearly as memorable as it was, but things did work out this way. Jacob ultimately does get the win and advances on. Still a good year altogether, and it's certainly not over for Stino. As you mentioned, he's got an important matchup this week to determine who will take third place for the league and get their buy-in back. Um, but yeah, uh, a crazy matchup. Obviously, it's as close as you'd like to be. Maybe not the pure raw scoring power. Um, really, there was only one team this week, and arguably the best team in the league that brought real scoring power. And we're not going to have time to talk about that team. But there was a team that scored 160 points. Good this job, week. Johnny. They're, good pre- job. they're pretty good. Waited a, a while for them to get there, but um, I think that should bring us into our next matchup. Jacob, would you like to talk about um, Scott and Jack's matchup? Yeah. Um, it, you know, Scott. Put put the points up when he needed to. He was the top scorer in the final four matchup there. Um, So, you know, Scott got it done. You have to give him credit for that. Uh, But I think the story kind of comes out that Jack's team just underperformed in in his key spot. You know, he was the number one to two ranked team throughout the entire year. And he he had the team to back it up, but, you know, they just couldn't fully perform throughout it all. You know, Uh, Burrow was a good pick from him in the middle rounds carried him through the season at some points and then the browns for him and then kelsey he just had some good picks all around the board that you know gave him a solid team but he was he just came up short to scott who you know he he uh came in guns a blazing last uh round and then he did enough to get by here though hats to scott for making the championship but yeah it was it was a tight matchup at some points you know mike williams had a a big uh Monday Night Football, so he uh, it kind of pulled the points away from uh, where they were at going into that game. So you know, Scott did it, and he got it done, and he moved on into this uh, finals. Yeah, I think that there there is some interesting notes to take away from Jack's team and their performance this week. I think if you were to make one overall sort of broad stroke on Jack's team, the dude drafted some serious pass catchers um, between AJ Brown. You know who ranks out as the position number five for wide receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown, who's the number seven, and Travis Kelsey, who is number one, but I feel like needs to even be given like a different rank because one implies that two is somewhat close to him, which it isn't. Um, Kelsey was leaps and bounds above everybody else. None of them gave really crazy performances this week, but they towed the line. They were all right around their projections for the week. Um, no 30-point performances or anything like that. Joe Burrow had a really great year despite dropping down the draft board. Um, there's really just a couple things you need to talk about that cost Jack, and I think that they were question marks all season long, and that was his running back room. Dalvin Cook, who we know is a guy that deserves to be drafted in the first round and probably will for nearly the remainder of his professional football career. But this was a really, really streaky season from Dalvin Cook. And this week he didn't have it. Uh, He fouled nine points shy of his projection. 
and it's just up and down. He goes, you know, from 23 points to 8 to 9 to 16 to 8 to 27 to 10. There just was not enough of that consistency, kind of like what is receiving Corbar this week. There wasn't someone there to bridge the gap, especially when Jack was going in with Latavius Murray, who was coming off of a good week but hasn't had a stellar season, does not playing for a good team that has had a great running game all season long. You know, just not a reliable RB2 for Jack going into this big matchup, and Delvin Cook wasn't able to shoulder that burden. Like, we know he can. It just didn't come out that way this week, despite the Vikings still picking up a win. But the other major storyline is the Broncos' defense, which has been statistically one of the best defenses of all time. Probably would have ended the season as one of the best defenses by points allowed per game, except they're going to have this one outlier against the Rams where they allowed 45 points um, themselves. I think the final score was 50 or whatever it was, but 45 is credited to the defense and special teams specifically. Um, And they drop a minus four. And when you sit and you do the math, you know, this matchup was decided by 11 points, essentially 11.1 points. Um, the Broncos defense posting a minus four. If you say, well, they were playing the Rams with Mayfield, who eh, most people on paper would say is a pretty good matchup for defense, especially defense that's performed as well as the Broncos have. Eight points, which was their projection, is not unreasonable. So you flip that 12 points, and Jack's in a completely different spot right now. But it didn't come out that way. The Rams-Broncos game went in such a way that the head coach for the Broncos ended up getting fired. And Russell Wilson's future with the Broncos is even further in question now after one of the most disappointing head-shaking losses um, and what's been a season full of disappointing head-shaking losses. Um, But Scott, I'm going to go ahead and turn over to you to tell me what you think your team did right this week and, and maybe what you're optimistic about going into next week based on the performances this week. Um, I think what my team did was they just came out and, scored what they were supposed to. I was projected, I think, 119. 120, 120.7. Projected? Yeah, and you and scored, scored 120.4. Okay, so .3 under. So um, they, no one severely underperformed what they were supposed to. Uh, Jack had players that underperformed, um, and I had players that did about their average. Um, a few people a little bit below, and that adds up, but Waddle had a good performance for me. Uh, Mahomes did what he uh, suspected. Um, Kamara and Mixon, uh, 17, 19-point games, uh, good. The only player that did underperform, I know I said no one really was, but Stevenson, I mean, 3.3 out of a guy that all year's been top 10 running back, top 12 running back, um, and has gotten me 15-plus basically every week um, that I've started him. That was tough, but luckily Waddle um, was able to make up for that. Um and get me almost to my projection. And that's the thing is, yeah, Jack was projected 136-something. Guess what? He didn't score 136. He scored way below that. So you can be projected all you want, but projections don't mean shit when you got to produce and do something. Um, and I'll just say, uh, love you, Jack, but you were a crying baby, sore loser bitch this past week. You texted me and just been a baby, and you apologized since, and I still love you, so I, I forgive you. But... uh if you want to be a grown man and win a championship one day, you got to fucking grow up and not be a little bitch and crying to me. Say, oh, it's unfair. Your team's not good enough. Guess what? Team beat your team in the regular season. Team beat you in the playoffs. And now I'm in the championship three straight years. So uh, that's what I think about my matchup. I think I beat the fuck out of Jack. He underperformed. Well, guess what? In the playoffs, what, what does my team do? They perform. Yeah. Um, 
there is no doubt that fantasy football is an emotional sport and um it was a good matchup i think it lived up to the expectation of i think both of our matchups this week in, in the winner's bracket playing in the semifinal lived up to to the hype in the sense that they were both competitive and both involved action in late primetime games to um secure the victory there and scott you came out ahead this weekend booked your ticket to the championship um but all in all still a good season for jack obviously and he still has an important matchup as we highlighted with steno as well you know you just talk about maybe if he can get a little bit better production from his running backs it seems like denver shouldn't well denver plays kc this week so i, I guess i don't know what to make their defense jack will have to make that call as he sees fit probably not a minus four upcoming for him but at the same time um it's hard to say uh but that did end up being the difference in the matchup as we kind of outlined there um you did highlights uh stevenson scott and i think I do want to talk about him, but I think maybe I'll save that for when we preview because there's a couple yeah. of interesting notes to talk about Stevenson and what we might expect in this upcoming week. Um, Jacob, did you have any final thoughts on this matchup between Scott and Jack? Yeah, no, Scott just kind of got lucky and made it through. That's pretty much <laughs> We're already setting the table yeah, yeah, yeah. for these two for these two yahoos here. Hey, Bernie, 12 and 2 doesn't mean shit in the regular season, buddy. Well, we're in the playoffs now, so. Exactly. Guess what? I'm coming. We're both 2-0 in the playoffs. Oh, wait, no, I'm only 1-0. And, both undefeated <laughs> and I've outscored you both weeks when they would have been in the playoffs. I don't give a shit. Um, okay, so I suppose just as a, as a wrap-up from this most previous week's action, I'll just go through the other scores. I don't think we need to take any time to, to highlight them, but Jack beat uh, Jake 104.713, another close matchup there. I was able to beat Brian 160.3 to 97.3. Caden beat Aiden 93.5 to 61.6, and Bryce beat Nutter 142 to 71.5. Um, so all in all, you know, there was a lot of scoring um, in a couple of those uh, losers bracket games, but ultimately it's kind of just playing amongst ourselves. There is not a lot is is on the line, but we will highlight um, the wing matchup when we get into our preview segment later on. Jacob, um, do we need to talk about anything from this previous week, or should we move on to our trivia segment? Oh, trivia. Trivia. Okay, who, Jacob, would you like to well, get us started with one of your... Go ahead. Just um, congrats on getting out of the gauntlet once, or on the wing eating. Your team put up a good performance when it counted. Thank you. I do feel like this past week was a validation that this team could have performed, and it just it just didn't add up. I, I think ultimately you look at T. Higgins and you say, man, that was a really good fantasy football year for him. You look at Saquon Barkley. And I looked, ESPN posted a page of like the players that are on the highest share of championship bound teams. And, you know, and Barkley was there. So that felt like it was it was at least a, a little bit of a win. Um, and I finally got off the fucking horse bench Brady and went with Goff. And that was was a fun difference maker there. Goff actually ended up being uh, the second highest quarterback this week in terms of scoring points in Brady. Well, what can I say? The Bucks won, you know? You watch that team and you go, wow, please don't tell me I have to see them in the playoffs. But then you also think, well, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons, I don't I don't want to see those teams in the playoffs either. I think maybe we should open it up to a discussion of if a division winner doesn't go above 500, then they don't send a team and we just pick another wild card. I think that should be open game instead of just sending a shitball team from a bad division. But that's really um, beside the point. Jacob, would you like to to start us off with a player for our trivia segment? Or I guess we may need to lay out separate ground rules because now that we have three people here, um, how is the guessing going to exactly work? Should we 
Should we do? I mean, should we just do first person that thinks of it? If they get it, no, they say it. Or to... You want it interactive? We'll just, uh, uh, you know, I'll do one question for, say, the first ones for Scott. Okay. So he gets he gets the. Oh yeah. Whenever. All right. And then if and then you but can if I can't it, get it, Johnny can yeah. guess it. Yeah. yeah All yeah, right. Yeah, 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 I yeah. like that. So right. Jacob, would you like to have one of your players and and get us going here? Yeah, yeah. We'll do this one, Scott. You can answer first, and then we'll uh, kind of. Okay, so this is for me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. What do we start with? Just years. Yeah. Uh, However uh, you want to do it. Years and then. Yeah. All right. He played from 2010 to 2018. He played for four teams. Um, his ca- career path was. Um, The Saints, <laughs> <laughs> they did it weird. Um, I didn't recognize New New Orleans. Oh, N O R, N O R, N O R. Yeah, it it, it it fucked me up there. Uh, then he went to the Jets, mm-hmm. then the Jags, and mm-hmm. then the Bills for one year. Good. I got a little bit worried that you were gonna pick one of my players because I think the career link was the same, but it is it's different players. So you said Saints, and then what? Jets. Jets, what? Bills. I'm a little bit worried off the start with that combination okay. of teams. Okay. Do we have a position? Yeah. Okay. We'll go with position. He was a running back. Um, he was selected to the Pro Bowl in 2015 with the New York Jets. And this was the last year on the Jets. Okay. Um, <laughs> how many a thousand yard rushing seasons did he have? He only had one. And Pro Bowl year, hundred years. Yeah, the Pro Bowl year was the thousand. Um, what the fuck? He had seven touchdowns in the Pro Bowl year. Um, only I keep, I keep on thinking like. Reggie Bush, but that's clearly he was way more than that. That's all I can think about. Um, this guy did not catch passes. Okay. Un- until his Pro Bowl year, where he caught the ball thirty times. But just the twenty eighteen. The twenty eighteen Bills kept on making me think of Lashawn McCoy because that's why where he like got an Instagram picture. Mm-hmm. He never played for yeah. the Saints. No Eagles. Oh. Oh. No, not Darren Sproles. I can give another hint. Okay. This guy was primarily a number two running back for his teams. Even in his pro, even in his Pro Bowl year. Uh, he that's probably there was probably an injury in that year, and he. Oh shit! Darren, Darren Sproles. Um. Damn, I'm glad Scott got put on this one first because I don't well, have a time. The next one's a lot easier. <laughs> before, before, before this, before the podcast started, guys, I was like, "Oh, I, I got them all. Like, I only missed one." <laughs> and now I'm just looking like, "What the fuck is this?" Second, you picked a fucking backup running back that had one good year, and that's because he was a starter because of an injury, probably in 2015 on the Jets. But it was a thousand yard season. It's a pretty good season. That is a pretty. I mean, John, do you have any clue right now? I am a little bit lost. Um, I feel like I'm I'm thinking too much. I need to. And then Jags, and then and then. Uh, the Jags Bills. is a complete throw off for me right now. I don't know how to put anybody on the Jags. Jags and then Bills. Oh wait, 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 wait! Oh my god! Oh my god! I got it in my mind. 
Wait, let me think. Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory. There you go. Wow. Bang! Excellent job. The you said the Jags helped. The Jags helped me because I remember always a Pro Bowler, and like, and then he went to the like right off that Jags next season because the Jags thought they were getting a good player, and he just kind of like slowed down. Holy shit! Let's go. Wow. Excellent job, Scott. I'm not sure I would have gotten to that one. Chris Ivory is. uh, I think he was like labeled as maybe a touchdown vulture at some point in his career. Yeah, getting into that backup. He was like the guy who would post a ten for thirty with three touchdowns. Yeah, but no, he only had seven. Seven was the most he had touchdowns, and then he was maybe not. Then he had the six the year before, but then it was like nothing. Uh, Like one touchdown a year. Uh, But yeah, great pull there, Scott. Thank you, thank you. All right, you want me to do it then? Ask to Johnny. All right, Johnny, should I do... Johnny, you want the harder one or easy? I'll give you the harder one, Johnny. Yeah, give me the harder one. Okay. So, played from 2008 to 2016. Okay. Um, started with Indianapolis. Okay. Uh-oh. That's in Peyton Manning era. Okay. Um, but then went to the Colt... Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> then went to Seattle. Okay. For... One, Four years. How long was he Houston. with the Colts for? Uh, I was going to get to that. Okay. So that first season, Colts to Seattle in the same season. I meant to say that. My he got traded his um, rookie year, or switched teams his rookie year. Yeah, traded or switched teams, whatever. Then Didn't spend a lot of time year, with plus him. three more years in Seattle. Okay. Then a year in Houston. Okay. year in Jacksonville. Okay. And then two years in Baltimore. Okay. And then finished with Denver and Detroit splitting his last season. Holy shit. Okay. So so this player was a running back. Okay. Um he had a Pro Bowl year in twenty fourteen. With with Baltimore when he had twelve hundred sixty six rush yards. Okay. Um other than that, he had no season. That was above 700 yards. Wow. He spent four years in Seattle. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. But he spent them in like a time period where Seattle was not... Well, they were a couple years removed from a Super Bowl, but where they weren't doing a lot offensively. Yep. Holy shit. So let me see if I can talk through this a little bit. So he... he Played with the Colts, but I guess I'm not going to remember him because he left midseason to go play for Seattle. Three games. Three games and 11 games in Seattle. So that's not going to help me. Spent a lot of time in Seattle. There's nobody that comes to mind there. Then he begins to really bounce around a lot. The Texans, the Jags, the Ravens, and the Broncos and the Lions. And the Broncos and the Lions. Lions Last year, yep. Oh, man. Um, This is definitely a hard one because I'm trying to think, and there's not even a player that initially comes to mind. There's a guy, when you said Ravens Pro Bowler, there is a guy who I can almost picture, but I can't think of his name in terms of, because obviously, you know, who was good for the Ravens around then? You would think maybe Ray Rice would be in that time period, but the rest of that career history, I don't think matches. I think Ray Rice might have only played for the Ravens. Um, so if I move outside of it, although, well, because it's screened after eight years, there's no way it could be Ray Rice. Because he because he got suspended from the Ravens and never played again, so the Broncos and Lions wouldn't make sense. Um, how many years did he spend with the Ravens? Uh, two years, the Pro Bowl year, and then 2015, 
Um, he had eight touch in that probably year in 2014. He had eight touchdowns. Um, What's annoying me is that there geez. is a guy I'm picturing, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get his name or not. With the he he was here. This will help you a little bit. He's a more of a receiving uh, back with Seattle than he was a running back. And he had a lot of rece- he had 44 receptions in 2014, 31 receptions in 2015 with Baltimore. So quite a good amount of receptions um, as a running back. But as you know, Baltimore's had a lot of running backs. Yep. And they've split a lot of uh, yep. loads. So it's this one really tough. Yeah. As I, there's a guy who in the time period makes Jacob. Are you? Do you have anybody here? No, I'm doing. I'm going down the same path as you. There's, I, I can picture the Ravens guy. The issue is I'm not getting any help from the other teams, and I'm getting the sense that he probably didn't do a lot for the other teams. So that final year with Denver and Detroit, uh-huh. he had he played four games for Denver, two games for Detroit, and he only had 155 rushing yards for Denver, 38 rushing yards for Detroit. But uh, the C receiving. Um, not much either. Seven receptions, two receptions. So he, he fizzled out quickly after his program. He fizzled out. I mean, and I'm, that's why I'm not sure those guys are going to be able to help me, the Broncos, the Lions, that yeah. I, would, I would remember an, an uneventful turn like that. Cause I, think, I, I think Seattle should be the biggest. Seattle and Baltimore should be biggest, but I, I do remember this guy on Jacksonville. Really? Yeah. Oh man, this is annoying. Now I'm getting worried that it might not be the Ravens guy I'm thinking of. I don't really associate any Ravens running backs with other teams. Is my issue. Um, this might be a this might be a stumper for me. Seahawks running back in the late 2000s into the early 2010s. I mean, right. I I can't even think of the. I mean, clearly, I mean that would have been around the time period that. Marshawn was there. Um, I know he bounced around a little bit early on in his career. I can't remember when he got to Seattle exactly. There was probably Marshawn some was there. probably some overlap. And I but thinking of who his backup was, wouldn't anybody come to mind? And then he broke out on his own. I think eh, for the sake of time, I might have to pass this one to Jacob. Um, let me well hold up before I pass officially. Let me to see okay. if there's a name throw I can throw. Let me to see if there's a name. This there, there's a Ravens guy who I am picturing as a guy that I would have wanted to add to my fantasy team in 2014, and I cannot think of his. I cannot think of his name. It's um. Oh, think, dude, think the Ravens in 2014. It's. No, I have to pass to Jacob. Yeah, I'm kind of struggling here too. I don't think I'm gonna be able to get it because I'm I, I'm thinking of the same fucking Ravens player. But I, I have a feeling that when I say it, yeah, if I'm gonna recognize it or not. Yeah. You you guys want like a letter or the first name to see if it helps you? That, last name? Nothing. Nothing? Here. Can you think? Is there any anecdotal hint that you could give that you haven't given yet? Uh, he tended to do well against the Browns. Which isn't surprising, he'd, but he'd kill us. He'd kill us with the receptions in the backfield on screen passes. Who the hell was our quarterback in twenty fourteen? No, not our quarterback. Yeah, but I want to know who ours is so I can get a reference to that. Time. Johnny Manziel was no, that was later. Uh, twenty fourteen, Brandon Whedon. <laughs> right. God. His name. See, it might not be this. The thing that throws me off is I can think of this player and only as a Raven. So. 
I, I'm not getting any help from any other teams. Do you, you don't have a name for that guy, though. I can't. I can. I can like picture him vaguely, but I think I. Right, you should I release the info? Yeah, Jacob. If you I'm don't have safe. any, if you don't have any guess. Yeah, just release. All right, lay it on us. <laughs> Justin Forsett. Yeah. Oh. I don't know yeah. if that's the guy I was thinking of, but I know Justin Forsett, the player. I know him as a Texan. You know him as a Seahawk, for sure, if you think hard enough. I He's... That might be a bit of a blank spot for me. Okay. But you were in Jacksonville? I remember him not really in Jacksonville. I remember him as a Raven I... and as a Texan. I remember him leaving Baltimore because I was happy and going to Denver and just not doing well. I remember that as well at the end of his career. Um, that, that's a great poll though, Scott. Justin Forsett was a good you. player. I'm glad I I'm glad I came on the pod and was able to stump. We'll see later if number two can stump as well. That was yeah. We did go with the harder one first. We did. All right, so I should post one to Jacob now. Ernie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, Jacob. Pick a number one or two. Um. Let's go two. Nah. Let's go one. Okay. Debate. Okay. This player played from 2008 to 2018. Okay? He spent the first four seasons of his career as an Indianapolis Colt. He spent the next five seasons of his career as a Washington redacted name, Redskin. And then the final two seasons of his career as a San Francisco 49er. He played full seasons for everybody. He was never traded in the middle of the season. So from 08 to 18, he went from a Colt to a Redskin to a Niner. Now, if we were to look at a standout year, it looks like this guy might have had an injury because he was the place sixth in the voting for comeback player of the year. But his 2013 season for the Redskins featured him being the league leader in receptions with 113 to go with 1,300 yards and five receiving touchdowns. He was pretty good wherever he went. Only 2,000-yard seasons, one with the Redskins, two with the Redskins, I should say. But he was over like 700 yards for a large majority of his time in the NFL. His I, last, I, I, already, I already have it, just so Brady knows. If he's, ah, fuck. Dude, his last two seasons in the, with San Francisco weren't really eventful. He only played eight games in each season and, and didn't do a lot. Easy, Bernie. Did I tell you the position? I mean, he's a wide receiver, obviously. I see he loved yep. the league in receptions. Oh, you, you didn't have to tell me that, John. You didn't have to tell me. I already knew. Sorry. Sorry, Bernie. I, just, I feel bad. I'll stop. Anybody coming to mind, Jacob, or anything I can re- re-explain <laughs> so again? 08 to 18. 08 to 18. Yep. He's got a long career. He's Yeah, he had a nice lengthy career. I mean, he and really, he spent a lot of time with the Colts and the Redskins. He spent yeah. nine years with two teams. Um, but he was he'd be best known for his time with the Redskins. He was a really good player for the Redskins. He had a 950 yard season. He had a obviously near a 1400 yard season in 2013, which would have been the year after RG3 was drafted. Yeah, I was gonna give you, I was gonna give him a hint about RG3. Yeah, I think he's a, I got a name, but I I kind of want to confirm it before I, I lock her in. How are you gonna um, do that? Um. Give me his career. So he went Colts, mm-hmm. Redskins, mm-hmm. and then where do you go after that? The Niners. This dude's, this dude's googling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he went <laughs> to after the Niners. Who? That was Nothing. it. That was it. Finished his career. Retired in 2018 with the Niners. He played how many years per? 
per team? Four in Indianapolis, five in Washington, two in San Francisco. Come on, Dirty. Think. He's a deep threat to, with RG3. Man, that makes me feel a lot worse about my guest. And I feel like... I'm, um, all right, I'm just going to throw it. Sure. Say it. Like, is it cr- crazy to think Pierre Garcon? That's nope, right that's on the money. All right, all right. It is Pierre Garcon. Yep. I felt I thought he played longer at San Francisco, so it kind of. I kind of weirdly remember him being on the Niners, despite not doing a lot there. Maybe it's because the I, colors are similar with Washington. Because he was playing I was the, the fucking. I was the Colts. Uh, I remember the Colts. I don't remember it at all on the Colts. The Redskins. I do. Because the weird little. It seems like market. Scott might have immaculate, immaculate knowledge of the late two thousands, early twenty tens, where Jacob and I might Johnny, have playing I, spots. Johnny, I, I don't take much information in on anything important. I take all sports information in my brain. That's about it. Just so you're well aware. That's impressive. I feel. I don't think Pierre Garcon is quite as hard as Justin Forsett, but I think he is tricky. Well, well, well done, Jacob. Um, it's a good player. I, I liked Pierre oh, Garcon. That was fun. Yeah. Three more. Mine's easy. So we bring it back. Do we switch it up now? Where Bernie goes to Johnny and I go to Jacob and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnny goes to me. So you want me to go to Jacob? Sure. Yeah, that, that works. Right? Because I did it to John, you, Johnny, right? Right. Okay. All right. You ready, Johnny? Wait. This is going to me? No, wait. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. This is supposed okay, to be sorry. Scott's easier one, so. This is the easier one. I think Johnny will get this in about two seconds, so I didn't give it to him. I, I, Bernie might. It's be interesting. Let's see. Yeah, so we have <laughs> started his career with New Orleans, um, took three years off, oh, and then went shit. back to New Orleans. Then seven years in Carolina, then a year in Cleveland, and then a year in Houston. Um a Pro Bowler in 2005 with Carolina. Well, yeah, well, you yeah, never, you never so gave us like the overarching years. Oh yeah, 1999 to 2011. Oh fuck! Um, no, I'm way off then. Damn it, <laughs> dude! This is so easy when I say a position. He's a quarterback. Wait, wait. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> you just said before that now. Quarterback. <laughs> 1999 was his rookie year. Took three years off. Came back to New Orleans. Then. Carolina for seven years, Cleveland, and then Houston. Um, he's a pro bowler in 2005. With Carolina. Carolina. I mean, John, you already have it, right? There's a player in my mind, but I feel like his career doesn't make sense to me. Okay. Okay, I, I like, I like but it. I, I but he's a, quarter, he's a quarterback, so there's definitely a guy in my mind. Yeah. Where are you at with it, yeah. Jacob? Jacob, yeah. Where are you I, is he a black quarterback? I'm not allowed to answer this. This is racism, I feel like. <laughs> Why? <laughs> He's not black. He's not kidding. <laughs> no. Fuck, okay, then I do not have it. Um Can you say yeah. who you can you say who you were going to guess? Yeah. Um Can you? <laughs> Well he was he was drafted in twenty eleven, so at the tail end of this guy's career. No, no, I was not guessing Cam. No, I know. Uh, who do you think you Randall have? Cunningham or uh Well Jake the Titans? Was he on the Titans? I'm pretty sure Cunningham. Randall Cunningham was drafted in like 1990. Yeah, he's on the Titans, right? No, he, he played for the right? Eagles. All right, there's oh, a yeah. guy who yeah, sounds yeah. like him as well. Say again? Okay, it doesn't sound like Cunningham. 
right, all right. Um, we'll we'll move on. <laughs> you Are you sure? Know? You want Johnny to guess? No, 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 no. I want to I want to keep going, but we'll oh. move on from that right there. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> move uh, on from the Randall Cunningham. I'm just gonna Google Randy Call <laughs> Randall Cunningham just to see what his career length was. When I give you some stats. He was on. Give he was in Madden. Stats. I need the years again. All right, 1999-2011. I'm gonna give you stats. Okay, 2003. 3,219 pass yards, 19 touchdowns. 2004, 3,886 pass yards, 29 touchdowns. His Pro Bowl year, 2005, 3,421 yards with 24 touchdowns. 2006, 2,817 touchdowns. Um, and then his career kind of slowed down. I need the teams again. Cunningham played from 85 to 01. <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> decade off. So, <laughs> New Orleans, 1999, took three years off football, came back in 2002, New Orleans again. Wow. Carolina for seven years, mm-hmm. Cleveland and Houston for one year each. He took three years off of football? Yeah. That's the only well, thing that's giving me questions is the Saints portion of his career. But then you say he goes Panthers for a lot, Browns and Texans. Correct. You know it is. There's a player that is has to be that. I just have to subtract out the Saints because I have no idea what that is. What year was he on the Browns? 2010. Fuck. Oh. Where do you go it's after okay, the Brent. Browns? Texans. Uh, he stood for one year and then retired. He played one game for Houston and then retired. I don't know. All right, so Johnny, Steel, are you say, are you passionate to Johnny? Yeah. You sure, Jacob? Yeah, dude. It, to me, it comes down to the time period. He played for the Panthers. I know him. He's associated as one of the top all-time Panthers quarterbacks outside of Cam Newton, and this guy definitely played for the Browns. So... But the Saints portion of his career, I can't check a box, but I don't know any Saints player who got drafted in 99, took three years off, then played for the Saints, and then got to the Panthers. <laughs> so on top of all that, I'm just going to say the quarterback is Jake DeLome. Correct. All right. Jacob, do you remember Jake DeLome? Yeah, dude. I remember him playing Why, for the Browns, he definitely. Years, he, he left <laughs> football for three years? Uh, Yeah. I well, didn't watch fucking football. I guess two years, technically. His age, 25, 26 season, I guess. I guess Forget it all the years. old fucking like that early two thousands. I just I can't get anything. True, I mean, but he is associated I, I, I as like a top three Panthers quarterback. Yeah, yeah, Carolina and Cleveland. We what quarterbacks come from Carolina and Cleveland? I remember. I remember that season vividly, watching him at quarterback and sucking for us. <laughs> Couldn't re- even his Pro Bowl season didn't sound that great statistically. <laughs> I know, right? I guess I blacked out. No, that's year. okay. That's no, okay, Jacob. Yeah, Johnny, you're recording this, all of us, right? Yes. Okay, because when I went out and went to those, it stopped recording. Okay, well, we should be good anyway. <laughs> okay. All right, it's been a rough performance for me so far. That's um, okay, Jacob. I am, Do I have... How does it go next? You go to me now. Scott. Okay. Um, well, Scott's a, Scott's a whiz, so I'm a little worried about this, but... um. We're going to go ahead with it. This guy played, a lot of these have been in the same time period, from 2010 to 2018. He uh, played his first three seasons in Tampa Bay. 
Then he went to New England, changed teams in the middle of the season to Pittsburgh. Then that offseason went back to New England, played there for a couple more years, then made a stop in Philadelphia, and then finished out his career with the Detroit Lions, playing the running back position. Um, His year of note came with the 2016 New England Patriots. He had 18 rushing touchdowns that year um, on what was not really the greatest rushing campaign ever. He had only 3.9 yards per carry, but he had 18 touchdowns, which made him one of the all-time, made him one of the top fantasy scorers of the year, rather. Scott, is there somebody that immediately comes to mind for you there? Can you go through the teams again? Because I was thinking wide receiver when you said it, so I was completely... Okay. Incorrect. So it is running back who went Tampa, New England, Pittsburgh, back to New England, then to Philly, then to Detroit. So he played for what what is that? He played for like nine years and played for five different teams. He bounced around a lot. He did have he had an a thousand yard rushing season his rookie year. And he had a thousand yards with New England in the year where he had eighteen touchdowns. Outside of that, he was like a 500 to 700 yard per carry per uh, season kind of guy. For some reason, like the Pittsburgh and uh, um, end of his career. What was, what was the last team? Detroit. Uh, Detroit. Yeah, those are like throwing you off a little I don't know bit. Why. They're, they're just getting in my head. You know how like the Saints was for Dolan? Like this is it's just yeah. My it's a lot of clearly think about. It's a lot of teams to be like, well, wait, I'm trying to look at the running back room for New England and then Philly and then Detroit. Yeah. And uh, But he was, he was drafted with Tampa and, and did play okay for Tampa, um, but then got on to New England. I guess he'd be best associated as a New England Patriot. I believe that 2016 season, they went to the Super Bowl and won. Um, so he, I think he does have a Super Bowl rank, if not a couple, because he was on a, a couple of those New England teams there for a little bit. It's 2016 against the Falcons. I no. it was it? I think it was. No, it I that was 2017. That was the Seahawks year. Let me look. I think so wasn't the Super Bowl champ? This no, I think it was 2016 because the MVP was Matt Ryan and the Patriots were the Super Bowl champions. That's 2016. Yeah, I think they played the game in 2017. You know, like January or whatever it was. I get. I, uh, was this running back the one that caught it and ran into the end zone in the last play in overtime? Or before regulation? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, New England did I, have a couple have, of running backs in that game. I, I I have him envisioned in my head. Yeah, I'm going to say vote. But you don't quite... Oh, I was God. a little... I'm glad, because I, I, thought, I thought Scott was going to nail us instantly. Well, I'm, I'm thinking of the New England running back. Like, I, I have the touchdown he scored to win the Super Bowl in my brain, and I'm pretty sure that's the running back. I'm just thinking of names. Like, I'm trying to go back to Tampa Bay is what I'm trying to do. Would it be helpful um, if I told you something about that game? Or is that over the line? Yeah. I mean, Jacob, that's up to you. I mean, Jacob, you rule. Is it over the line or no? Jacob? Um, No. It's not over the line? No, no. <laughs> so I can tell him. Yeah, no, I'm not going to get it. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, so, J- Scott, if you're referring to the guy who scored the game-winning touchdown in overtime against the Falcons? Yeah. It is not him. 
Right. I could tell you who that oh, player yeah. is, but so, that, okay, that player okay, okay. is still no, active, no, no, no. actually. You don't, you don't have to tell me that because there's, there's, there's a heavy-hitting rushing touchdown player because you said it's 3.9 yards per carry that he had. So, <laughs> yeah. so he, he didn't have he – he was he an was end-zone guy. He wasn't flashy. Um, and this, it was a small running back that scored the touchdown because he was quick and fast moving around Falcons players. Yeah, he had a really okay. good he had so, a really good game in that Super Bowl. Did you say so you said the guy that scored the touchdown is still active? Is he still in the Patriots? Well, we're talking about a different player now than who you're trying to guess. I know, I know, I know. I want to guess this player now. I'm I go for the double whammy. I, th- I, th- I mean, I, most recently he was on the Patriots. I, I don't. Okay. I don't know if he played this year. Okay, I'm starting. I'm starting to put two and two together. I think. Um, so he's in Pittsburgh for a little bit, huh? He spent 11 games, didn't start any of them. Clearly, that would have been in the Le'Veon Bell era. Any touchdowns, though? Any two. touchdowns, though? Two in 11 okay. games. So, so, he, so he got in for the end goal zone line, goal line situation. Yeah, goal line. And was this player someone who was on Oregon and slapped the fuck out of a fan after a, a bowl game? Um, I, I'm pretty sure I have it knocked down. I think, well, I, it says his college was Oregon. I don't recall the moment you're talking yeah. about. He actually he played at, the hell out of him. He played at two colleges, but Oregon was one of them. Yep. Um, <laughs> I have it. I'm just waiting to see if Bernie has it. No, I, I, I thought, I didn't think this guy got drafted by Tampa. I didn't think he played there ever. Oh, I remember him in Tampa very well. Now, now that I can recall him in Tampa. Got me, yeah, no, I was. The thing that got me was the thing that got me was once Johnny gave me the hint that he wasn't the guy that scored a touchdown. Made me think of the other guy. Uh, yeah, and it clipped the three point nine yards per carry. Um, you want me to say it? Yeah, if you got the guess, lay it on. Legarrette Blunt. It is Legarrette Blunt. Well done, Scott. Dude, I was tough, Johnny. Can you I name? Can you name the other back? I think I can. Um, I think. Isn't it Danny I, I, no, I think it's James White. It's James White. Yeah, I got those two mixed. I up. think he's technically still active. I thought Caden added him to his fantasy team this week. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I. I remember last year him playing. That's what I had him on my team last over. year, but he got a hip injury. Right, right, right. I mean, you and running backs. Yeah, that's the way that goes. All right, that was, excellent. That was fun. That one, that Jacob, one almost. Would you have landed on Legarrette Blunt? Yeah, I, well, I had it early, and then oh. um, I didn't think it was the Tampa three off. Box. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Because I remember him on those Patriots teams, but the Pittsburgh I helped me a I lot. I don't remember him on Pittsburgh. I don't. I do remember him on Pittsburgh because I remember. I kind of do. Just because Pittsburgh sucks. Yeah. Um, okay, so where does that leave us now? Jacob has one for Johnny. me. Jacob to Johnny. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. All Jacob, right. you ready? Right. Yeah. All right, this guy, he had a long career, and he's currently act. Active. Wow. I'm going to get it instantly, wow. Jacob. He's from 2008 to 2022. Holy shit. What the fuck? Okay. He started with the Eagles. Okay. Then went to the Redskins. Okay. And then Tampa Bay. I think I already know him, but yeah, keep Philly. going. Back to the Eagles again? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I already know what it is. Bills? And he was on two teams. 
was on the Raiders and then the Rams last year. I'm pretty Ooh. sure I know. Is this going to end up with the Ravens? Yep. Okay. So from 08 to 22, he's still active. He was played for the Eagles, then went to the Redskins, then to the Bucks, then to the Eagles, then to the Raiders, then to the Rams, then to the Ravens. Yeah. He and he's, cur- he's currently a wide receiver for the Ravens. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, I don't just to draw it out a little bit. What? Tell me some of his career accolades or stats that he that he posted. He was a three-time Pro Bowler. All in Philly. Mm-hmm. He, he was also a punt returner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Returner. I was. He was a bit of a deep threat. I take it. Yep. <laughs> maybe, maybe the maybe the greatest of all time, depending I, on who I you brought, ask. I brought what I thought easy and a hard one, so this was no. I'm not. One. I'm not chirping you, Jacob. I like this pick. I'm just saying he might be the he might be the one to say he's the greatest deep threat of all time. Uh, Johnny might not chirp you. Deep. I'll chirp you a little bit. Dude, we gotta <laughs> get you pick the guy that's active. You gotta do something that's not active. No, dude. Sometimes it's fun to put some active in there. This is an easy <laughs> to be one. fair. People might not know that he's oh, currently yeah, yeah, yeah. on the Ravens. But I mean, it's a wide receiver in the team, so I think people got it, hopefully. Yeah, it's going to be Deshaun Jackson. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. I like that pick, Jacob. That's a good pick. I appreciate it being easy because Scott beat my ass with Justin Forsett, so I needed something that was. So that, that's yeah, all I mean, I'm no trying to help the guys out at home, too. You know, <laughs> ha, you know, have some more fun with the game. If we're just picking dudes who no, nobody's ever okay, heard of, okay. it's not as fun. Uh, no, but that's just not true. Either. Everyone's heard of these players. <laughs> thing, there's, there's a difference between not getting it and Johnny getting it before you even finish the teams he was on. So you can pick a middle. Like, it doesn't have to be fucking active. Bro, dude. <laughs> Johnny told you what teams he was on, bro. <laughs> I think we're already getting some of this beef is spilling over into what's going to be our next segment where we uh, yeah, preview yeah, this yeah. upcoming championship game. But um, so that's bro, all of our. <laughs> Go ahead, Jacob. Yeah, yeah this guy he, he's coming in trying to body our segment here. We're trying to have some fun with it, dude. It's like okay, dude, hey, you, spent, I you. You, you spent that ten-year window a little earlier, so you know you have like a fifteen-year window of watching heavy sports <laughs> all right all right younger, so you think you're so much smarter you, what you couldn't even go back to back in championships for uh for, i need to rein this program in for every justin Forsett, we needed a sean jackson to to balance it out um okay so that that will wrap up our trivia segment for this week hopefully your boys were able to get some of those guys some pretty tough guys some blasts from the past so to say but I think it's time we move on to previewing the matchups for this upcoming week. What do you say, boys? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, we have to start with the heavy hitter, I think. We have to go right into um, the 2022 Throne League Championship matchup. It's going to see the 12-2 and two, uh, It Hurts to Be This Pretty, Jacob's team versus Scott's Instant Camara 7-7 uh, seven and seven ball club. Uh, the first-ranked team versus the sixth-ranked team, according to the standings. So it's kind of you know a little bit of a Cinderella story, perhaps, based on how those rankings go out. But ultimately, both teams made it to the championship, and that's really the most important part. Because once you're in it, who knows um, what's going to happen? Jacob, is there a spot that you'd like to start with in terms of previewing this matchup? Yeah, I just you know Scott did get really lucky to get into this position here. You know he he could have missed the playoffs if Caden would have uh, put up some more points earlier in the year. Um, you know, he, he was, he was, he sucked down the stretch, like four game loss streak when I was on an eight. Three. 
Well, okay, yeah, you lost three coming into the playoffs, and you know you got lucky in in your first win, and then you got lucky again. <laughs> so, you know when it kind of when I kind of break it down, it's like does Scott even belong in this in this matchup? You know, my and my team's facing some adversity right now, but you know we we battle through the adversity, and you know we got to the, the to the championship. You know, I earned that bye in the first round, um, but yeah, you know, having hurts out big glaring deficit to my team but you know i got justin jefferson tj hawkinson was incredible last week he's gonna do it again um and Minshew, he's gonna go crazy against the saints because he's got to lock up that one seed for the boys or is, or have they locked up yet you no know, Johnny? nope no losing to dallas hurt was. losing yeah. to dallas hurt them so the, he's gonna have to play a good game and you know the, the saints you know haven't been great this year so you know i got some great pieces on the team just off let the me, top. Me, go ahead, Scott. I, I, okay, you, you go right after the shot. I just have to respond to a few of the things he said about <laughs> me really quick because they're direct shots, direct blows, you could say. Um, you said, I'm lucky to be here when last week I would have beat your team. So you're lucky you didn't face me last week. I scored more than you. The week before that, you're lucky to have a bye that you didn't face me. So I scored way more than you. And how, I don't know how 146 points is lucky to beat Joe. Um, and I, I was the highest scoring team last week. So the, this whole luck thing, this whole thing about, oh, you start the end of the season. I put myself in a position where I was 7-4. The rankings committee had me number one for like three straight weeks or two straight weeks. Um, yeah, I fell off. But guess what? Champions? You saw this with LeBron in Cleveland. He would make the playoffs the last 30 games of the season. We already knew we were in the playoffs. He would be fucking around with Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry on the bench. He wouldn't give a shit. And you just know you're going to make the playoffs because you've already got yourself so far. And then once you get to game time, the playoffs, you go for it. And what, what do LeBron and I have in common? We go to the championship every year. This is three straight years. I've never finished lower than third place in this league other than my first year in the league. All right? Like, what are we talking about? It, it, who cares about – does the last three weeks of the season matter? I, I No, because I went 0-3. Guess what happened? I'm still in the championship. And what matters is week one of the playoffs, week two of the playoffs, and now the championship. And guess what? I'm here, and I've outscored you during the past two weeks, and I'm going to outscore you in the third straight week. So – your whole luck and all oh, your team sucking in the season, it, it, it just statistically doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's just bullshit you're rattling off. And now I'm going to be a two-times champ, and you're going to be right there with me, but I'm going to be a little better because I'm a two-time Garland champion, and you are not. Well, but, well said, Scott, there. There certainly is, is some tension going into this matchup. I think before we talk about the matchup that lays ahead, maybe we do a little bit of a history lesson. Uh, you two guys had, did match up twice in the regular season and it seems to bring out the best in jacob's team he was able to score 151.7 and 149.4 in the two matchups against you scott you are only able to post 108.9 and 104.8 but we highlighted the same fact scott when you ran into joe and you're able to flip the script in the playoffs so it does go to show that regular season matchups only mean so much um just really a matter of standings and who gets into the playoffs or not but in terms of the major storylines in this matchup, clearly number one for Jacob is once again the absence of Jalen Hurts. Last week you filled the void with Derek Carr. It was not pretty, but it was enough statistically to put you over the top. This week you're going to roll with Minshew, who looked really good and really mm, okay, I guess, against Dallas. He, he turned over the ball, but he was also able to air it out. 
So he has that high risk, high reward, and Derek Carr is actually going to be benched this week. So even if you wanted to, Jacob, you couldn't go back to that well again. Um, and as Scott mentioned early in the episode, the Eagles do have a loaded um, talent core there. So Minshew should be able to to work some magic. We will have to see. Um, that's worth noting. But if I flipped it over to Scott's team, taking a look at a storyline worth noting, uh, you know, Ramondre Stevenson, who by all accounts has had a really, really good year, especially for where he was drafted. He he's definitely classifies in that steal category. However, in the last three weeks, he's scored three points twice. Now against Arizona, he left the game with injury, so that is, can be dropped out of the stat line. But this most previous week against Cincinnati, he only had three points, and he did play the whole game. And it also featured him fumbling at a very crucial segment in the game that ultimately would cost the Patriots the game. Um, There have been comments that it's not going to stop the Patriots from using Stevenson, even though Belichick's been well known for putting guys in the doghouse at the slightest slip-ups. Fumbles have been a bit of an issue for Stevenson. They are kind of what delayed his start last year. He had a little bit of fumble issues early on, and Belichick... Um, swayed away from him in the favor of Damian Harris this year, though. They've let Stevenson run, and he's proved that he's worth it in spades. Uh, but this week he draws Miami, and obviously he is coming off of a game where he had a significant fumble. So I think it's going to be worthwhile to watch and see how he is used in this game. Are we going to see? I, I believe Damian Harris is going to be active for the matchup. I don't have um, him right up in front of me now. But, you know, for Scott, Stevenson's been a huge player for you all year long. Um, you were able to get by last week without him performing. Certainly this week, you'd like to see something a little more encouraging. It'll be another home game for New England. I'm not sure how that weather's going to bear out. Um, we know Stevenson is a dynamic pass catcher, but recent in recent weeks, his pass catching has drifted way down. He's just had two catches each of the last three weeks, and he's had less than five receiving yards each of the last three weeks. Um, but again, as I said, you can kind of drop out that Arizona game. Um, and he did have a huge rushing day against the Raiders, just wasn't super efficient through the air. So we'll have to see if he can turn that around. Um, so you both have a couple of question marks. I think Stevenson's maybe the more consistent player of the two. Scott, when you look at this matchup for your team, what are you wanting to see this week? What, what do you think will be enough um, to get you the win? Um, I'm going to go out with a bold prediction and say that Dawson Knox outscores TJ Hawkinson. Um Dawson Knox has been very hot, and Hawkinson will not do what he did last week again. I'm sure Green Bay will be prepared and watching tape on that game. Um, so I think Knox is going to – the guy that wasn't starting for me for basically the 80% of the season, I think is going to be a big factor in the championship game. Um, and then I think having three Monday Night Football players, um, including Knox and Mixon and McPherson, will be – a cool storyline to have because Jacob will be done with all football activities around 7.30 p.m. on Sunday, and we will know how much those three players need to score to win. I mean, it, shit, there's a chance I might be up before and I can just take all three of those guys out, so that'd be cool. But uh, I think the Monday night's a cool factor. I think Patty Mahomes is going to do Patty Mahomes things against Denver. I think I, I just don't think the um, – Denver will have the ball in possession that much, so the more it's in play mom's hands, the better, um, which also will mean Sutton for him probably won't have a big week. Um, that's also why I have Kansas City's defense because, I mean, you saw what Rams' defense did last week. He scored 20-plus fantasy points. I think Kansas City can have a similar performance, their top 10 defense. Um, and I just need consistency out of my other guys, like, Waddle to put up 15, 16 points. Kamara, same 15, 16. And then 
Cooper or Williams. I don't know who I'm going to start yet. Um, one of those two to put up 15-ish points. I think if those three or four guys put up what they're projected, I think Mahomes, Mixon, um, Knox, and honestly, my kicker and defense could have put up quite a bit over their projected. Um, that's just how I look at it. You know, um, obviously you did mention that Broncos-Chiefs matchup, and I do think that it is talking about because an interesting element to this matchup is the two defenses. Um, Scott, you're going to be sending out position rank number 11, the Chiefs defense. Jacob has the number two ranked defense, the 49ers, who are going to travel to Las Vegas to play the Raiders, who have just announced that Jared Stidham is going to do the quarterbacking for them this week as they are going to bench Derek Carr for the remainder of the season. There's been all kinds of rumors that have swirled about why that's happening. Is it for his health? Is it to secure his health for a trade? All number of things. But what ultimately matters is the Niners defense has played excellent football all year long, and they seemingly have a gravy matchup against the Raiders starting Stidham this week. And on the other side, playing the Chiefs defense, who haven't been quite as great as the Niners, but draw an equally enticing matchup against um, the struggling Russell Wilson-led Broncos, and they are going to go with him again this week, despite one of the single worst performances in history last week against the Rams. Um, it's certainly not going to get any easier for Denver this week. So both defenses look like they'll be in a position to feast. Will that be the case, right? Because we look at your matchup with Jack last week, Scott, and see how much the defense played a role there where Denver seemingly had a great matchup on paper and it didn't come to pass. Stuff like that can happen. The That's why they say it's an any given Sunday kind of league. You know, the Chiefs, struggled a lot with Houston just a couple weeks ago they managed to still have five points but struggled against a team that maybe they shouldn't have so it is possible to go into a matchup and expect the defense to do really great but the game just doesn't work out that way Jacob the couple of questions I'd have for you is can you get a bit more production down your lineup in the receiving core Jefferson has been a man on a mission these last three weeks and I wouldn't be surprised if he went out and had another great week this week against Green Bay but Michael Pittman and Cortland Sutton have found themselves on offenses that have really struggled to do much of anything they have not had good efficiency at the quarterback position Um, how do you feel about Pittman and Sutton heading into this week um, given that their offensive situations have seemingly got worse each week yeah you know they're not looking great down the stretch here, but, you know, they're not completely locked in the lineup yet, but, you know, they both have good cases to be started, you know. They were good at the beginning of the year. They've proven that they can be they could be good, you know. Things haven't gone their way, um, and it's kind of like a prove-it situation here at the end of the year that, you know, they're still good players. So, you know, uh, Denver, they need to have a bounce-back game. You know, they have the fired coach angle, so... You know, maybe it'll give the team a boost. Um, And then Sutton, you know, has a big week. Uh, And then Pittman, you know, what could be worse than last week? And he still was able to stretch out and get close to eight points. So, you know, he's a guy who could get 10 catches in a game, and that's, you know, really consistent. Um, You know, if he gets a touchdown, then it's it's a boom play there. That's kind of how he was this year but he's fallen off in these quarterback struggles. So, you know, maybe I don't know who they're going to this week yet, but uh, if, you know, they go to Ellinger, maybe he's, he's, he's got to prove it in that situation. So, you know, there's, they're both good guys. And, you know, Scott was really talking up his team, like saying the best case scenario stuff. So, you know, that's where, you know, you can look at my guys in those positions. Um, 
but like on Scott's team, you know, Stevenson could be yeah terrible game last week. Maybe it's a repeat. Dawson Knox, you know, he could put up a zero points uh, any given <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> Waddle, quarterback position. Uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater starting. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams, Chargers clinched playoffs. They're going to have a lean back game. <laughs> uh, have everybody get a little healthier. They're right. going to be putting the brakes on it. Kamara, you know, it was a really cold game. He got a lot of touches. Um, now he's going up against Philly's good run D. That could be a four-point performance joe mixon you know buffalo they they need to prove that they deserve the one seed so they got to beat the Bengals. um and then mahomes denver's in a prove it game they they fire coach scenario again so you know a lot of things could go south for scott's team and that's really what i'm seeing when we're going into this you go both ways with half those things you said buffalo wants to prove it against the Bengals. the Bengals want to prove it against the Bills. yeah but you know you know you have some clearing Glaring flaws on your team. So, you know, <laughs> who's throwing you know, Isaiah Pacheco or his name? <laughs> bro, dude, he's been a solid 10, 12 point scorer of the past like three weeks. That is an interesting <laughs> question, though. Is a solid 10, 12 point scorer enough, enough. at the RB2 position, Jacob? Do you feel comfortable with that? You know, it, it's not your best scenario, but, <laughs> you know, I got guys who could go for 40 a week. Yeah. Now again, dude, between Pacheco, Pittman, and Sutton, they might not score 30 combined. Yeah, and they could score 60. This is true. Hey, oh, fuck yeah. Steven run for 220 yards. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> well, what we're talking about here is a matchup that ESPN <laughs> projects in Jacob's favor. 124.2 to 118.9, so they project a close one but they give the edge to Jacob. Now, of the significant contributors that ESPN projects, 23 points from Justin Jefferson. For anybody else, that's pretty darn lofty, but for Justin Jefferson, that's become maybe a bit of a low ball. This is a guy who scored 30 points or more in three straight weeks, tracing back five weeks ago, he had 29.3 points. So you could say essentially four 30-point games in five weeks, and that one week that he didn't get 30, he had 18 and a half. Um, each of the last three weeks, he's caught double-digit passes. He's had over 100 yards each week. In the second half of the season, he's found the end zone very consistently. I don't have any doubt in my mind that there is not a player who's more capable of breaking this game open than Justin Jefferson. Now, the counter on Scott's side is he also has a guy who's had a really incredible year, ranks number one in his position, and that's Patrick Mahomes, another guy who's perfectly capable of breaking the game open. Now, we know both Mixon and Kamara had huge games this year, but I don't think that they could quite classify in the same category as what Mahomes and uh, Jefferson have done with such consistency is just be really, really top level. So it's kind of the age old question of, is it going to be a couple of explosive performances, which is what got Jacob by last week with 70 points from Jefferson and Hawkinson, or is it going to be the consistency that got Scott by last week, which was falling just three tenths of a point short of his projection, right? That's the question that we always end up on. What would you rather have? What can you count on more? Um, but you guys both have explosive players in Mahomes and Jefferson that are able to deliver huge games consistently. So if both, if we assume both of them do, then who fills the void outside of that? 
right? You have an X-Factor player like Minshew. What is he really capable of doing? Could he post a huge day at home against the Saints? I'm sure he could. He put up a lot of numbers last week against Dallas. Um, but clearly, I know Jacob has to feel less confident. If this matchup with Hurts in it, we'd be you know, thinking of a different ballgame. But you can flip that the same way to Scott and say, is Jalen Waddle still a dynamic playmaker with Bridgewater in at quarterback? You know, if we track all the way back to... The game against Cincinnati was the game where um, Tunga Viola was knocked out in the middle of the game and Bridgewater came in. You know, Waddle had two catches for 39 yards on five targets in the game. It was a big Tyree kill day that day, if I remember, because I think I played him in fantasy. It's funny how you remember those things like that. Um, Waddle's been red hot recently, two 20-point performances in back-to-back weeks. Um, he's been hitting the deep ball with Tunga Viola. Is Bridgewater going to be able to carry that over? They head to New England. Belichick's well known for scouting teams and eliminating weapons. It seems like that should be a little bit easier with Bridgewater in a quarterback. Um, you know, ultimately, I think that this on paper writes out to be a really great championship matchup. I think ESPN has it right, saying that it's going to be close. Um, I don't, but I guess I'll just leave this time for you boys to to duke it out to leave out your final remarks on what you think is going to define this matchup. All right. Well. First thing I just want to say is about the projection is I was projected to lose by like 10 points two weeks ago, uh, 18 points last week or 17, um, and five this week. I don't like, I want to be projected to lose. I don't want everyone to not believe. I mean, look at Saturday night when I still had two dynamic players and Waddle Williams left. Bryce was texting me that I was chalking because he doesn't know how to spell choking. Um, and apparently choking is making the championship, like I said, that meme in the group chat um so i just want to take a second to call out bryce and say probably the biggest fluke in fantasy football history is bryce making it to a championship let alone winning it last year he will not be back there for at least i would say six seven years maybe um his fantasy team consistently sucks i usually beat him he's lucky about last year so don't tell me about choking when your fucking team can't even make the playoffs i made a championship three years so fuck you bryce um you dipshit piece of fucking dumbass fuck um, and then Jacob, you, you, you texted me on Saturday saying, you're not even the top three yet. Like, come on, dude. Like, whoa, whoa. You really want to start shit with a team like mine that wins and loves the revenge and loves the underdog mentality? You gave my team even more reason to win this. You said, you haven't even made top three yet. Like, well, shit, now I made top two for sure. And that for sure is actually going to turn into number one. And you're going to be running away with $200 and probably go spend that on rent and lose it. You fuck. Yeah, I did want to propose a uh, a question to you. Uh, winner takes <laughs> all. Ran off on winner takes all. That's what, that's what you want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, no second place two hundred dollars. Winner takes all right here. So what would it be eight hundred whatever eight hundred ten dollars? Something like that. Whatever's left in that stack after gets out the uh, one hundred to the third place. That's who gets it. Yeah, because 150 was gone, then 140, then another 100, so it'd be 910 left, or 810 left. Um, hmm. That is an interesting proposition live on the podcast from Jacob there. Certainly gives Scott a lot to think, think about. about what do you say, uh, Jacob? I'll let you think about it. Um, what do you, what, what, so you want to do that for sure? Yeah, yeah. I'm hand, hand put out for the bet. I just need you to shake it back. So, so we, the loser make less. Yeah, yeah. The losers will make a hundred bucks, and second place gets nothing. 
You you were talking mad shit before, dude. Yeah. Are you gonna be, are you gonna be confident with Dawson Knox if you get zero dollars? That certainly is is a heavy heavy proposition. They were laying it all on the line in this championship game. Um, it, sounds like you're, it sounds like it sounds like Scott took off and ran. Maybe he's gone. He he heard all the stuff I was saying. Like the Niners D is going to drop thirty points on him next week. <laughs> and on paper, it looks like the 49ers have a really really good matchup. One second, one second. All right, Scott's taking time to recalibrate. I don't think that there's been a defense I've enjoyed watching more this year than the Niners. They play a great brand of football. The Chiefs aren't too shabby though themselves. Clearly, and Russell Wilson, uh, you know, is is prone to turning over the football a little bit. But we haven't seen right, a lot from Jared Stidham yet. Um, Scott, are you going to be Prepared to accept Jacob's offer live in the air, or um, do you need more time to think it through? Uh, what I was going to say was second place got their hundred back. No, dude, that's so no, dude. The hedge. All or nothing. All or nothing to the winner. <laughs> dude, All you're not. Gonna, this is not championship brand of. Uh, you're gonna tell me about championship brand. When was the last time you won a championship, bud? Was it like 2018? Uh, it doesn't matter. I've won back-to-back championships. This I've only been to the the finals uh, twice, and I've won them both. So you know, I when I get to the final, I win. So, are are you prepared to lose all your money? <laughs> oh, that's funny, <laughs> man. Well, Scott, you're no, not going to be you're not going to be forced to make an answer live on the air if you're not. No, the reason. <laughs> My fucking card broke down today, and it's gonna cost me four k. You fucking piece of shit. Yeah, so win it all. <laughs> uh, this fucking guy. I'll think I'm, about I'm it. I'm giving Ready? you an opportunity to win more money. I understand that. All or nothing. Two, eight hundred ten or zero. Wow. Six hundred ten. Two hundred. Yeah. Right. That. I mean that. What is... would you do, Johnny? I I can't really say what I do honestly. That that that's a tough tough spot to be in. It's enticing, but I think hedging makes a lot of sense too. But ultimately, Scott, that'll be up to your choice. That's an unprecedented offer, Jacob. I don't think the league's ever heard anything quite like that before. You were um, you were just talking shit, Scott. Why haven't you accepted? <laughs> <laughs> you were you were just saying that you were gonna. It was a guaranteed win, so why don't you just guarantee more money into your pocket? Because I feel bad because you need to pay rent, so I want you to have $100. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jacob, do we have to go back to two years ago when I didn't get my money for six months and you ignored all my taxes? Right. I mean, I'm worried about you and your money I'm situation. I'm in a better financial situation now, so I'm prepared to, to, to gamble this responsibly. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, I love to hear it, Scott. Eight hundred ten dollars or zero. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. The championship matchup will be win or, or bust. Who uh, will walk away with that healthy payday? Um, we time time will tell ultimately. Um, the other matchups that I mean, Jacob, which other, which other matchups would you like to take a look at? I don't. We've spent a lot of time here already. I don't know that we need to go a ton in detail, but we do have a third place matchup this week. You want to talk about that one for a little bit? Yeah, we. I'll just do a brief 
kind of quick breakdown on it. We could say whatever we want else if we need to. But yeah, you know, Jack fell short this year, um, but he's got a solid team still, bro. Delvin Cook, who's been good, great wide receivers, and then he's got Kelsey. So he's got a good squad, and I can see him easily taking this third place match. But then going over to Stino's side, uh, you know, he he had, he was on a bumpy road, but you know, he made it to the final four. Kirk Cousins has been great. Josh Jacobs has been incredible. Jamar Chase has been good, but disappointing for Mark Andrews. Devontae Smith's been pretty good. Um, you know, he's got he had a good season, but it, it, you just couldn't make it through. And I can see him beating Jack and Jack walking away with nothing in his pocket after you know a second place finish. He did win the gauntlet. Yeah, so you know he did make money there. So he yeah. added a trophy to his belt there as well. Yeah, and on paper it certainly does look like a good matchup. These guys matched up twice in the regular season and they split. Uh, there's a lot of potential for this to be a high-scoring matchup. Um, Jack will once again have to answer the question of who's going to be his RB two. He currently has Brian Robinson slotted in there, uh, who will play against the Cleveland Browns at home. Uh, does Stino see a bigger performance this week from Josh Jacobs? I don't know. Playing against uh, your defense there, Jacob, and with Jared Stidham as his quarterback, will that spice things up? Will that be an atrocious sight? Why is Stidham playing football in the NFL? I think is a, is a valid question to be asked by people. But clearly there is a lot at stake in this matchup. Um, Stino fell just so damningly short last week. Will he be able to wipe that from his memory? Well, he won't be able to wipe from his memory, but will he be able to sleep a little bit easier by pulling out a win this week, securing third place and getting his buy-in back? Um, again, all those questions will be answered this week. I think it's a compelling matchup on paper. A lot of good talent on both sides for these guys. You know, Jack's team is loaded, but is the RB2 going to be enough to hold him down? Um, and uh, can Stino see some really good production from a running back duo that's been able to contribute mostly throughout the entire season? Uh, Scott, did you have any comments on this matchup? I think you guys hit all the points that you made about their players and their seasons and everything. I just want to say what I think is going to be funny is Jack won 150 in the gauntlet. If um, Stino wins this matchup, gets 100 back. And then when I win the 810 from the championship, that Bernie's 12-2 and season will go with zero dollars other than maybe two weeks of winning the highest score. So I think that's going to be very funny and embarrassing for Bernie, the commissioner of this league, of a 12-2 and season and getting nothing out of it. That's all I, I need to say. I had four. Top score. So. so you're gonna be down sixty bucks from this year, plus probably all the money you spent on the draft party. So yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. Well, That's all. But other than that, the matchup. I think uh, fuck Jack for talking being a baby last week. So let's go, Stino. Yep, there we go. Well, I think I think you know, and this is no discredit to Jack that it would be a feel good win for Stino, given yeah. uh, what he's coming off of. But I expect this one to be very tightly contested. And um, should come down to the wire, I think, ultimately. Um, so outside of this matchup, you know, there are other matchups in play. Um, the other one with uh, the most um, important outcome or, or, you know, with potentially dire results would be our wing-eating matchup. Jacob, do you want to talk about that one for a little bit? Yeah, um, but just, like, looking at this overall, this matchup here, it's pretty pretty gross with uh the projections 81.2 and then 92.6 i think aiden he still has two in so once he takes him out he'll have a more respectable one but you know the guys who've been competitive and have been at like the 115s the 120s so they're neither no one's close to that so um 
we'll see kind of who they put slide in to kind of fix those <laughs> projections. But this is atrocious, and I, I, I feel bad for these guys how this season turned out for them because it, it was not good. So they they they're gonna have to take a look at their uh, themselves no matter what if they win this matchup or not, uh, and rethink their draft strategy because it did not work this year. It does feel like a bit of a, a season of missed opportunity. Obviously, Brian um, taking, I don't even see where Jonathan Taylor is on his lineup. Did he drop him or is he in my bull? ruled out for the year. Um, clearly, you know, between Jonathan Taylor and the Damian Harris pick, who ended up losing that backfield to Ramondre Stevenson, is a tough year. You talk about the heartbreak for Aiden where they saw, where he saw, um, Brees Hall flash and then suffer a season-ending injury. J.K. Dobbins was was never able to get it going consistent enough to be a contributor for Aiden throughout the season. Um, you know, just a tough year. And it looks like Aiden might end up with uh, a guy he took right near the end of the draft, Sean Watson, playing for him this week, given that Tua will not be active this week. So I'm not sure if Aiden has started Watson previously or not, but he, he should see some action for Aiden this week. Um, he did have the, uh, you know, he held on him this whole time. So maybe that makes a difference and maybe that keeps him from having to eat the wings. But as you said on paper, it's not pretty, but Scott hit on it earlier. Projections don't mean everything. Um, Jarek McKinnon has recently been, been really lighting things up for, um, the chiefs. He had two 30 point performances in a row, came down a little bit last week, but could be something to watch given Jacob starting Isaiah Pacheco, you know? who's going to get the most out of that backfield um, could end up playing a role for both of these guys in each of your two matchups with, with very different outcomes potentially with uh, a big difference at stake there. But um, we will see between Aiden or Brian, who is going to be the wing eater for this season of the throne league. Uh, they did match up once in the regular season and Brian won 89 to 88.6. So that one also was not a, a barn burner in terms of high scoring output, but didn't end up being close. Um, we'll have to see if they sweat this matchup out as much as they might have to sweat out the wings that they will eat at next year's draft. Um, but boys, with that being said, unless you have any final comments, I think that's going to wrap up our preview for this um, this championship round of the playoffs. Can I just make one comment about uh, the wing eating? Absolutely. Game, uh, so I said projections don't matter, but I think it's a different story when it's 80, 80s or 90s. Um <laughs> If you can't reach the hundred point mark, that means you don't have what was it? Ten people we start right per week? Or is it, or is it nine? Nine? Um, I have to do the math. Here. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, nine. What does that mean? Like, you can't get nine players that are averaging on average like twelve points a game, about like a little above that. Like, I mean, <laughs> the fact that you don't have. Like a quarterback that's averaging, like the quarterback alone should get you high enough where you're get up to the 100 mark. So I think it's a little embarrassing. I, I almost feel like these two teams should both be beating the so I hope they tie. Like, exactly. Because to be in a, like in a final of the wing eating contest, I mean, it makes sense to be this low, but like 81 and 91, I know his will go up a little bit. But like in the 90s, I think it's just, I think the numbers don't lie there, Johnny. I think that's just a crazy, crazy wing uh, game. It is uh, a tie would be unprecedented, uh, but here's here's ultimately the the rub on this matchup. It's been a tough year for both these guys. It hasn't gone the way they wanted. They combined for just nine regular season wins, but 
a win here still makes a huge difference in the way you feel about your season ultimately. There's a big difference between being second to last and being last. You know, that's the way this league shakes out. The punishment only goes to the guy who finishes last. So while the matchup may not be pretty on paper, I think that its outcome is still one to watch and still something to monitor throughout the week. We'll have to see if they will be able to overcome those projections and pull themselves up into the triple digits um, and secure themselves um, some freedom from the hot wings next season. I think first one in 90 wins it. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be Jacob. Did you have any final comments on the wing eating matchup? Uh, No, just hopefully one of them could just survive the many stab wounds. They have enough for one more week (laughs) because this has been brutal for these two teams. Yeah, it does feel like it's been more of a battle of attrition than anything else. They both have lost guys to injury and just having guys that they drafted not deliver at the position they were drafted in. That's typically going to be a recipe for a season where you miss the playoffs. Um, So we wish them the best of luck there and and hope that they are able to to battle it out in that matchup. Um, But with that being said, boys, I think that wraps up all we need to talk about this week. It was a pretty wild episode. Obviously, we have a new uh, wager on the line for the championship. It's going to be a winner-take-all. There will be no payout for the second-place winner between Scott and Jacob. So, I'm, of course, I'm going to wish you guys the best of luck on that. I hope you deliver a good matchup for all the rest of us in the league to watch. And um, as Scott mentioned, he's got players on Monday. So, you know, hopefully this thing comes right down to the end. I know, Jacob, you certainly don't wish that. But, uh, you know, for the entertainment value, you know, for the strength of the league, we'd like to see. We don't want a Broncos versus Seahawks Super Bowl. I think we're looking for something more like um, like a uh, Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl from the uh what was that? The following year, or the previous year, or however that should. I out. want, I want Patriots Falcons, and I'm down twenty eight to three, and <laughs> Mixon, Knox, and McPherson bring me back. That's what I want. That may be an apt comparison, and it actually brings this episode full circle all the way back around to the Garrett Blunt and James White. <laughs> so now that we've made that loop, I think this is a fair point. Boys, I'll let you say your your farewell comments. Yeah, no, Scott's team's gonna underperform, and it's just gonna be an easy walk through uh victory for me here yeah uh that's really all it's going to come down to and i just conned scott into giving up his 200 dollars. i am so thankful for bernie constantly uh convincing me and being a past uh and convincing me to do that bet because i'll be 200 dollars richer and jacob has a lot of confidence for a team that squeaks by every week um i mean last week was the ultimate showing of that and his team will underperform like every other team has that faced me, and I will be consistent, and I might win 119.7 or 118.9 to 112. I might not go out of the water with some crazy performance, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to score some points, and Monday Night Football will secure me a championship. Thank you for the 800-plus dollars, Bernie. Well, yeah. go ahead, Jacob. No, he's uh, making some good points, but if nothing's going to work for him this week. He's gotten lucky, so that's about it. Well, um, boys, just as a wrap-up here, this week's going to be a little bit more traditional in terms of the game slate. Thursday is going to see the Dallas Cowboys versus the Tennessee Titans. Then we're going to have a full blow Sunday, all the typical matchups you see at the 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 8 o'clock hour, and then obviously that super eventful Bengals versus bill games on monday night football so you know the season ain't over yet even though a lot of us aren't necessarily playing for a ton this week make sure to to get your lineup set um in time before the action kicks off and uh 
Jacob and Scott, thank you for joining me. I wish you guys uh, the best of luck in your matchup this week. Thanks, Johnny, for having me on. Thanks, Bernie. And uh, I'll be bound back on next week as a champion. Yeah, it, it was a great episode, and I'm excited for this uh, final week here. And uh, it's been a great season, so we'll uh, talk to you later, boys. Yep. Adios. Take care, boys. We'll see you next week.